Good afternoon and welcome to another podcast episode, Truth and Share. I'm your host again today, Rohit Krishna. Today we have a very special episode, uh, another in our Employee Spotlight series. Um, today we have uh, Mr. Wesley Shason with us. Welcome, Wes. Hey, guys. Uh, Wes is, uh, you know, our resident barbecue expert um, and current director of operations for our uh, Toronto facility. And, uh, you know, Wes and I are, uh, you know, friends and colleagues. Uh, you know, we've worked together for uh, going on almost 10 years now. Um, so, Wes, tell, uh, tell us and uh, our viewers um, and listeners at home uh, about Wesley, the, uh, the operations leader. Uh, and Wesley uh, outside of the office as well. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, good to be here. Uh, thanks for the intro, Rohit. So I uh, started with S&P 10 years ago doing inbound sales, uh, where we actually got commissioned for selling long distance and call display. So uh, if you can imagine how far our, our industry's come in the last 10 years, where we're getting five bucks to give someone call display and uh, now selling like business to business and um, security products for like online. So it's insane how, how we've come in the last 10 years. Um, so did the inbound sales, moved into our workforce department for two years, uh, did okay. some scheduling and um, dialing strategies is uh, where I met you when you were running the WinBack program. And um, I'd send out for the day the leads for you guys to dial and uh, the sales targets for the day. Uh, so took that workforce background into the operations world. Uh, where I became operations manager for um, an outbound win-back program uh, that we actually took to three different sites with the growth we had. And um, with you and that program, we got there. So uh, moved through the operations world. And uh, like you said, now I'm the director of operations here in Toronto. Fantastic. Good background, Wes. And, you know, obviously you've had a, a pretty, uh, you know, robust career with uh, with S&P in a variety of different roles. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of shaped you as a leader. And, you know, we work together on a, on a multitude of different accounts and, um, you know, in different uh, uh, roles and responsibilities as well. And, you know, I think between, uh, you know, you and I, we've had a ton of, you know, personal and professional development as a result of that. So, um, you know, I think it's been good, right? Um, yeah. over the last almost 10 years now, right? So, um, and I know that, uh, you know, you did a, a stint for us uh, on the recruiting side as well, um, yep. which, is, which is pretty unique, right? Because, you know, most people kind of have a very linear understanding of what you can and can't do at, yep. a, at a contact center job. Um, and then you also had, uh, you know, some element of uh, our social media team as well, right? Yep. So. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, those two roles and sort of what you yeah. found from uh, those experiences? Yeah, absolutely. Never thought I'd end up in the HR world and recruiting. Um, some of the things that we took, again, from the operations world into recruiting, uh, number one, looking at the time of day when our resumes were coming in um, and building a staffing plan to that. So uh, we found that about 50% of the resumes would come in uh, between 5 p.m. on Friday and 9 a.m. on Monday. Uh, when the HR team wasn't staffed. So uh, tailored our recruiters to cover those hours as well on the weekends and get to our um, employees much quicker. So uh, we introduced some artificial intelligence into that process as well, yeah. um, where the associates who applied would get a text message uh, within like a minute of applying. So 
Um, as you know, people nowadays, if they're looking for a job, might be applying to 20 to 30 jobs per day. Uh, this way, we're reaching the associates within um, a minute of them reaching out to us. So um, kind of bringing the, the recruiting game into the new millennium um, and taking advantage and getting some really good associates on our team that way. Um, and then the second part, you mentioned the social media world. Uh, so just making sure our six locations that are spread across the continent could be connected. So uh, launching our Instagram and Facebook for contests and mostly yeah, to see the fun that people are having at work instead of just using it as a strictly business tool. So uh, it's kind of yeah. fun to take what I learned in operations into um, that HR and culture side. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's really uh, helped shape the sort of direction of some of our capabilities, right? Um, you know, you talked about artificial intelligence and recruiting. That was really the foundation of our AIR capability uh, as it stands today, right? And you and uh, our now Vice President of uh, Human Resources, Sarah Benincasa, uh, really worked on that together and, you know, built that up to what it is today. And you know, it really changed the way that we uh, as a company approached um, recruiting and finding really talented people who many of them are, you know, in more senior roles today as a result of, uh, you know, fine tuning that that approach. So, you know, I think it's great. I think on the culture side, it's huge as well. Right. Um, yeah. You know, just some of the work that you guys have done over the last few years, specifically around contests and ways to, you know, bring the sites uh, and become more connected, like you said. Uh, very powerful stuff, right? And it's important to, you know, have a more human connection rather than yeah. just be all about the business all the time. Um, and so, you know, I think that kind of leads me into my next question, right? Which is, uh, I think a pretty important one, um, you know, turnover in the contact center industry is probably the single biggest cost driver. Uh, and it's one that, um, you know, every contact center organization, uh, you know, uh, battles with on a day-to-day yep. uh, -day basis. Uh, some uh, do it really well. Uh, some uh, don't do it so well. Uh, you, you and your teams are one that uh, do it really well, right? Um, yep. And you, know, you have uh, some of the lowest uh, uh, turnover that, uh, you know, I've personally seen and, and certainly lower than the industry average as well. Yep. Um, what, what's your secret sauce there? Uh, you know, what, what, what can you share with, you know, other leaders in your position or yeah. even in uh, other leadership roles that, uh, you know, have a team that they need to manage and, uh, you know, they could learn from, uh, you know, some of your best practices? Yeah, secret sauce. Um, we had this vendor manager, um, Philippe, who was on site with us in Hamilton one day. I think you remember this day. Uh, we came out to start the day. And there was these four guys in superhero uh, outfits running across the desks and giving prizes out. I'm like, what, what's going on here? Um, yeah. It's kind of the moral of that was getting, getting to know your people, um, recognition, and making sure people understand their targets. You don't do those three things and um, you're going to get so much out of the, your people. I mean, if your front line is happy, you're going to get results. So. Um, Rohit, if I know that you ha just had a new son recently, um, and I come in to see you in the morning, like, Hey, how's, uh, how's Leo doing today? Instead of, Hey, you know what? Your sales were not great yesterday, man. What's going on? Right. Um, yeah. you need to be in that right mental state when you start your day. So starting each day in a positive note with a good pre-shift, um, recognizing folks who did well the previous day, um, yep. just getting the team ener energized for the current day. So. Uh, like I said, three quick little tips and uh, can go a long way in your day, making your team happy and productive. So, 
Absolutely. So your secret sauce then to summarize is three little tips to start uh, everyone's day. Is that right? It is. Yeah. So again, just making sure people know their targets, uh, recognize them, um, and just make sure people are smiling and, and you're in great shape. Perfect. Good. Okay. And so, you know, that kind of leads me into my next question, which, um, you know, is interesting because, you know, obviously we're going through a major world event uh, through the pandemic and, you know, it's really changed the way that many companies um, do business, interact with their customers, uh, but also with their own internal staff. Right. And so, you know, our business and and, uh, our, uh, you know, staff uh, and our model across multiple locations is not dissimilar. Um, And so for you specifically, you, you manage, uh, you know, four, uh, different accounts, um, and you know you have uh, uh, different you know jurisdictions and you know different yeah. locations that you operate out of, um, and and those are both physical and virtual locations, right? So, uh, you know, how did you adapt uh, to the to the work from home and the work from anywhere models? Yeah, I mean, a little bit tough at first, right? I mean, you can see be, uh, behind me here at five p.m. on a Tuesday, we, that floor would be full and buzzing. Um, if a call center is buzzing, that means you're making money and uh, sales are happening. So at first, when we went to the home office and it was just me and my computer and having that quiet time, not necessarily all being quiet, but not hearing that buzz was a little bit weird. So um, yeah. we rolled out MS Teams. Well, the buzz has, buzz has kind of shifted now, right? It the is, yeah. Is so a virtual buzz. Home <laughs> offices now exactly. versus in the contact center. Yeah. So trying to take some of those things that we had on the floor, like the wheel that you would spin if you got a sale, um, right. the whiteboards and getting those all virtual. So um, carrying on like our virtual wheel at the start of each shift when we were giving out prizes and um, creating like a virtual whiteboard that we'd update like we would in the office with um, each hour, how many sales we have against our target um, right. and how people are doing. So um, it's actually benefited, I think, the associates having that. Um, the team leads are able to work with more than one associate now um, with teams and having multiple chats open at the same time. So um, we've seen great attrition. Attendance is near perfect every day um, and agent satisfaction is through, uh, through the roof right now. So um, mm-hmm. I think we've taken the best of a, a negative situation with COVID and turned it into a positive for our workforce. Number one, making sure everyone is safe. And number two, that they're still able to make their uh, sales and have good commission structures. So that's awesome. No, great advice, and uh, and I like how you've uh, adapted in that new model. I think the the engagement piece and you know the power of multitasking now through uh, you know virtual tools and and uh, and um, you know means through um, you know just using tools online that you can uh, motivate and recognize yeah. your staff is pretty powerful. And I see uh, you specifically sending out. Uh, you know, recognition to, um, you know, folks on your team who maybe make a sale or they get a really good uh, customer survey score. Um, You know, I think it's pretty amazing. You know, you can recognize NPS even uh, through, you know, Microsoft Teams and it's, it just creates a different dynamic. And, you know, I think there's the, the one thing that I think sticks out for any sales program is something that, you know, you and I learned back in the day, which was uh, called Hype. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and so that that hype is what I think is important. Uh, and if you can Absolutely. replicate it in the work from 
uh, home and work from anywhere models, then, uh, you know, I can see like you've done already today with your accounts, you could be more successful even than yep. when you were, you know, on-prem in the traditional model. Yeah, okay, I need getting to, to know our newer staff, right? So one of our accounts, we just had some growth opportunities in, uh, recently launched in St. John's, Newfoundland. So, I mean, with COVID right now, we would have flown there and uh, got to meet the team in person. So right. uh, we introduced something called the St. John's Social, where uh, the last half hour of the class, we um, had a, like a virtual graduation ceremony and uh, getting to know each associate who told us something mm -hmm. fun about themselves and learn a little bit, uh, bit about their backgrounds and talk about their That's opportunities great. as well out of training and um, just how much commission they can make and uh, what their next couple of months look like. So pretty cool. And you can meet people who are uh, halfway across the country nowadays, where if you said two years ago, hey, we were using Zoom for everything, I don't yeah, think you or right. I would have believed that, right? So um, even a year ago for that matter. Yeah, exactly. Good. Okay. So, um, you know, that kind of brings me to my last uh, two questions. Um, you know, obviously, one of the one of the things that, you know, most people in our industry will say is that you don't go to school to join a contact yeah. center, right? Yeah. So, um, and I think that, you know, I would say that that was probably the same for you and I at the time when we joined, uh, but, you know, it's been, you know, nearly 10 years now for myself, it's been 10 years for yourself. Um, you know, what advice can you give to folks who are just looking to start out or are just starting out in the contact center world? Yeah, I mean, starting out, be open-minded. Um, like you said, I don't think either of us, um, when we came in, would have said we'd be in a call center for more than a couple months. Um, I certainly didn't, not having any call center background uh, previously to coming to SMP. Um, so just tell people, you know what, come to make sure you're in your seat each day, um, hit your numbers in the first couple of months, uh, and then start applying to whatever comes up and ask questions, get to know people outside of your specific program or portfolio um, and get to know people so your people do know your name. Um, and once you start applying, you're, you're known and um, especially if you're a sales superstar, right? Um, and then yeah, the second one, say just be yourself. I know a lot of people kind of panic their first couple of days on the phones if you haven't done it before. Uh, some programs have multiple systems and the first couple of days can be let's say a little bit overwhelming, but be yourself, have good conversations with your customers. Um, if yeah. we're building good rapport and um, getting to know your customer, they don't know that you're struggling maybe with a system or um, unable to put a, a certain order through. So uh, I think they're the big ones in, in our industry. And so you talked about, you know, other opportunities that come up, um, yeah. you know, most folks don't really know what that means, right? So yeah. <laughs> uh, can you give people an idea of, you know, what do you mean by that? What other kind of, you know, roles and opportunities yeah. are available at a, at a contact center? <laughs> Absolutely endless. Uh, so, I mean, the first one would be TL. So uh, team lead of having a, a sales team of 15 to 20 associates, uh, quality mm -hmm. analyst where you actually score the calls and, uh, grade them. Um, I know yourself, you started to doing sales and moved into like the project management department. Um, yeah. There's finance, finance opportunities, uh, recruitment opportunities, HR opportunities. Uh, like I mentioned at the start, I, I started as a sales guy, uh, went through right. workforce management into the recruiting piece and, and HR and then back into operations. So uh, just absolutely endless, endless the opportunities that exist Absolutely. in the call center. 
Perfect. Okay, good. So, and I think it's important, right? Like I said, I don't think a lot of folks uh, know about, I certainly didn't know when I yeah. first, uh, that there was a whole other world behind what I uh, thought I was no an idea. Uh, and I've, I've definitely uh, say I could, uh, I've, I've benefited from it uh, yeah. just from a development and, and learning perspective. Uh, and I wouldn't have, you know, changed that out for anything, right? Um, which is great. Uh, okay, so uh, last but not least, my final question to you, Mr. Uh, Chason. Is this what's uh, for on the barbecue tonight? Yes, that's the that's the seventh question. This one's the sixth. Um, so, you know, in your time at S&P or during your time at S&P, uh, what's the one skill that you think you've learned um, that kind of sits above all else and that, you know, you think is most transferable? Oh, number one would be cold calling. Um, okay. If you told me before I came in here that you could sell a product over the phone, um, I was that person. If I got a phone call from an 800 number, I was not answering it. Um, right. So, I mean, if you can if you can sell on the phone, you can do anything. Um, you can take it into any sales role, um, any communications role. Um, yep. I, I think it's such a huge skill. Um, and where you can get to the point just to pick up the phone and call someone and um, have a conversation and first build that rapport and make a sale and uh, give a customer a great experience. So, yeah, there's definitely uh, no feeling like it having no. uh, never spoken to someone before and, yeah. and you know finally getting uh, them uh, something that they really yeah. Need. I mean, if uh, you can get through that first thirty seconds of the call that um, you know about, right? You get for through the first 30 seconds, that means the customer's somewhat interested. They haven't hung up on you. Um, yeah. And that's key. Get, get through that gatekeeper first 30 seconds and uh, make those sales. Such a good feeling, like you said. Good. All right. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go back to question number seven. What is on uh, your barbecue this evening? Uh, so tonight, uh, I've got a couple strip loins ready to go uh, with Very some nice. red beans and baked potatoes. So, um, it's always good, even still barbecue in the winter. Um, I think you and I actually built a great bond um, over our love of barbecue and eating. So, what do you got on the grill tonight? I actually have a couple of chicken breasts, Cajun yeah. style chicken breasts for dinner tonight. There we go. And that's I one thing I do miss about having the associates on site, Rohit, um, or like the potluck lunches we would have on Friday. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially yeah. working in Toronto with how multicultural our office yeah, is and sure. getting to learn about people's backgrounds and trying new yeah. foods. Um, like, you know, I had biryani for the first time like four years ago when I moved to <laughs> Toronto from Hamilton. So um, that's just another thing I love about our company is meeting people and um, all the different backgrounds. And uh, like Morshed, who we had on last week, newcomer yeah. to Canada. Uh, and seeing how quick he's developed with our company as well. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, just absolutely love meeting meeting the people we have here. Great. Perfect. Well, Wes, that about uh, wraps up this week's episode of Truth and Share. Thank you for awesome. uh, being with us and sort of sharing your perspective and your experiences. Uh, and thanks to all our uh, viewers at home and listeners at home who tuned in today for our podcast episode. Uh, tune in next week, folks, for another episode of Truth and Share, uh, where it's everything you always wanted to know but were afraid to ask. And remember, folks, the truth shall set you free. Thanks for watching. <laughs>